Curry with the shot, Ben cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301, live from the pot, I want to welcome my audience to a very special episode, man. This is episode number 135 of Curry in the Pot. I'm your host, I'm your guy, Mike Curry, and I'm back here with another episode, another quarantine-style mailback episode, man. And I'm here once again. I appreciate you guys for coming through on this lovely Monday evening. And I'm back, man. I'm back, man. I got my wine with me. And I got you guys with me, so that's great, man. If you missed my last episode, man, it was a very special episode of Curry in the Pot, episode number 134. And I had... An episode with my guy Chris Adorichim of DC United and also my guy Ja'Cory Hayes of Minnesota United Football Club. And we talked about social injustice, them being two black guys um, in the professional so in a professional soccer. And we talked about that. And we talked about like social injustice, like I said. And then we talked about the MLS season returning. So make sure you guys go check that one out. I also had that episode on YouTube. That was my first ever episode on YouTube, man. So if you missed that one, uh, please go check it out. Please follow me, subscribe on YouTube, like and comment, do all of that stuff, man. I really, really appreciate the support that I got on YouTube, man. I got nine new subscribers since I dropped the video. The video is at almost 100 views. You guys are showing love on Spotify and showing love on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. I really, really appreciate all the consistent and the continued love and support, man. I just hope this podcast is going to is gonna get out to a lot of people, man, especially that last episode, man. Hearing two young black guys that I went to high school with talk about social injustice and how they wanna use their platforms going forward. I really, really encourage, if you guys didn't see that or didn't you know, get to check it out, please go do so. Again, that was episode number 134 with my guy Chris Adorinchim of DC United and my guy Mr. Ja'Cory Hayes of Minnesota United Football Club. The MLS is starting on July the 8th, so that is... That's in a couple of days, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's in two days. So, please make sure you guys go check that out, man. It was a really, really good episode. But, we have a ton of things to talk about. This will be a quarantine-style mailbag episode, but I have too much to talk about for this to just be limited to that. We have Patrick Mahomes signing a record-breaking contract extension, um, 10 years, the, the total worth is up to $503 million. We have to talk about that. We have to talk about the Washington Redskins. They are looking like they're going to change their name, so we have to talk about that. Uh, Cam Newton, I know that happened, it seems like, a little while ago, but we have to talk about Cam Newton going to the New England Patriots. Uh, McCore Maker, also a number 16 recruit, according to ESPN, signed with Howard University. So we have to talk about that, the impact, and how monumental that is, and... I think that's it man but again like i said it's a bunch of topics and you guys can definitely feel free to drop questions and i will be sure to answer them on the live podcast so first things first the big big news today is patrick mahomes patrick levon mahomes the second as you guys know i say quarterback of the kansas city chiefs signed a record-breaking contract extension the largest contract in professional sports history his deal is a 10-year deal worth up to $503 million. Believe the total worth is 10, I think it's 10 years, $477 million. And then he has a chance to get up to $503 million uh, due to incentives that would include winning the AFC Championship and winning MVP. Those incentives will happen every year and it will be worth up to $1.25 million per incentive. So it can be worth up to $500 million. 
and it's it's monumental. He resets the market. I knew he was going to get a gigantic contract. I didn't think it would be quite like this. There is an insurance policy on the contract. I see my aunt just asked, and I think it would it would it would it would it would do good for both of them. Now, I think I think it's like 140 million, if I'm not mistaken. But but I got to talk about the big details, man. He signed the largest contract in the history of professional sports not just in the nfl not only did he reset the market for quarterbacks and players in the nfl but it's the largest contract that we've ever seen in professional sports we all know about the how baseball players get paid you know they sign these these 10-year deals worth up to 400 million but those are baseball players man and, and those deals those type of deals have been happening for quite some time you know what i'm saying a-rod get, been getting paid uh, Bryce Harper just got paid. Garrett Cole just got paid. But in baseball, those players play 162 games a year. We've never seen a deal like this in the NFL where a player that plays 16 games a year, yes, it's the most grueling sport, but we've never seen anything like this. I knew Patrick Mahomes was going to reset the market and get a big deal, but I didn't think, I, I had no idea it would be like this. Me and my guy Zeke were talking earlier, and he joked around and said, He's going to get 500 mil. And we, we thought it was a joke. I thought, you know, it was going to be maybe like 350 mil, 375. But then I saw four. Then I saw 450. And then I saw 500 mil. And I'm just like, wow, wow, wow. That is, that's, that's beautiful, man. That's crazy. The market is about to be crazy. Uh, Lamar Jackson going to want to get paid soon. Deshaun Watson, he posted a couple of things. The market's gonna get crazy for everybody. This does not this has only changed the quarterback dynamic, but it also changes the dynamic for players in the NFL in general. And Sean, I just seen um Chris Jones is sitting there saying, Where my money? I believe it. I believe it, man. He he wants to get paid. Uh, he did just get franchise tagged. So I'm sure he wants to get paid. But like my guy B. Jones said, the market is about to get crazy. It is it is about to do wonders for plenty, plenty of guys, man. Plenty, plenty of guys. We got to move on to the next topic, though. Um, you guys can continue to drop questions in the comments. The next topic is the Washington Redskins and their potential name change. So I know some some details came out, I think, Thursday or Friday. And the um, FedEx said that they're not going to sponsor the Redskins anymore unless they change their name. And as you all know, the Redskins Stadium is sponsored by FedEx, FedEx Field over in Landover, Maryland. And they said they're not going to sponsor them anymore. And also, Nike took Redskins jerseys down off their website. So that's the potential loss of two big sponsors. And But there's more news to this. There's more news. Um, Ron Rivera said he's been talking to Dan Snyder for about a month about a possible name change. And... It just adds to a little bit of flavor that people have been talking about for years. Are the Redskins cursed? Um, they need to change their name because they're cursed. A lot of people have been saying stuff of that nature for quite some while. Now, I don't really know if I, you know, agree with that. I mean, you can say, you know, they have a, what, a 19-year curse going on 20-year curse since the last time they won the Super Bowl. I mean, you can say that, but they've been the Redskins since, like, the 1930s, so... Yeah, but again, man, if you're losing sponsors and a big sponsor Nike, the the um the sponsor that actually sponsors the actual jersey, that's a big hit. That's a big hit. 
And so, like my aunt just said, Target, Dick's Sporting Goods, and Walmart took everything out too. So that's a big hit, man, that you're losing revenue. You're losing revenue from, you know, multiple outlets that sell that sell what you have. So that's a big blow, man. And they're going to potentially change their name. I just wanted to kind of get real interactive with you guys and just talk about it just talk about everything that's going on but before i get off of this topic i want to say um rest in peace to the late um great joe bugle former offensive line coach of the washington redskins who passed away last week at the age of 80 man he was a huge architect man the architect of the hawks um back in those days for the washington redskins my dad and other people you know that were around during that tenure can pretty much elaborate more on that but i just want to you know pay homage and say rest in peace to joe bugle who passed away at the age of 80 man a very influential and a pioneer when it comes to you know the hogs and as well as being an offensive line coach so i wanted to say rest in peace to joe bugle before i begin to touch on the redskins you know in depth so i want to talk about this topic and like I said, they're losing sponsorships. And I just wanted to talk about potential names, man. And I did a poll. Well, not really a poll, but I just I asked on my IG um, what you guys would like to see the, the Redskins get their names to. Names changed to, rather. I've seen stuff on social media like the Warriors, um, the Renegades. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, quarterback of the Redskins, posted the Red Wolves. Which would be a nice idea. It wouldn't be bad. But the Red Tails is a name that I think could be a nice name. You'll be paying homage to the Tuskegee Airmen, the nation's first African-American aerial combat unit who broke the color barrier back in World War II. So I think that would be a dope name. And that's a pretty good switch if you're going to go from Redskins and then you can also pay homage to black people. And not just because of what's been happening, but just pay homage in general, man. And I feel like those Tuskegee Airmen don't really get enough praise. You know what I'm saying? So I think that would be a nice name. I have seen, I've seen plenty of stuff. I've seen plenty of stuff, man. So we, we just really got to see, man. If you guys have any more questions related to the name, what do you guys think? Any names that you guys may potentially want to see? And what are your thoughts on it overall? Just the potential of the Redskins changing it, man. Go ahead and drop anything pertaining to that topic. Go ahead and drop it in the comments, man. I really, really appreciate, you know, seeing and reading what you guys have to say. So, I still want to move on. I want to move on to the next topic, man. Like I said, it's topics on topics. Usually, I'm answering questions, but I'm just glad you guys are here watching me. So, the next topic is McCore Maker um, signing with Howard University. I just wanted to talk about how big that is and how how big of a deal that that really is for college basketball for HBCUs. I just wanted to talk about that. So McCore Maker is the number 16 prospect according to ESPN recruiting, and he's related to Thon Maker, uh, who plays in the NBA. But I just wanted to talk about how. A player um, that ranked that high and highly touted who had offers from UCLA and the likes of Kentucky chose to go to Howard University. Now, ever since the unfortunate passing and the tragedy of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and stuff just being pretty much brought to the national news outlet, the outlets rather, we've been hearing a lot of things, man. And a lot of college athletes have been talking about the potential of going to HBCUs. 
And people have been talking about this, you know, for a while now and that that things need to change, man. We got to put some more money and more funds into these historically black colleges, man. I um, was blessed to go to two HBCUs. I went to UMES and then I transferred on to Bowie State University. And there's a, it's an experience um, unlike any other, man. There's so many HBCUs, HBCUs out there. And I just think it's great because that is he's the highest ranked player to go to an HBCU since ESPN even started recruiting. They're, they're like recruiting lists rather. And they started that back in 2007. So he's the highest ranked player to go to an HBCU in those 13 years. And I just think it's real big. It's real huge. He going, he's going to, you know, probably the most famous HBCU of all Howard University. But that's not to, you know, diminish other HBCUs out there. Like my cousin Alexis, um, she, she, she went to HBCU. She went to North Carolina Central University, and that's a really, really good basketball team. They always have uh, – they, they make the tournament just about every year. So I think that's cool. Um, you got Norfolk State. I know Kyle Quinn, who plays in the NBA. He went to Norfolk State a couple of years ago. Um, maybe maybe about – not even a couple. Maybe about seven years ago he's at Norfolk State. Um, like I said, you got Hampton, who made the tournament a couple of years ago. They played that Carl Anthony Towns Kentucky team. So I think it's just great overall. And somebody also had to be the first to do it, like the first high-ranked player to do it. Somebody had to take, Somebody had to take that leap of faith. And hopefully they still get to their ultimate destination. But I also hope that they shift the culture and they shift narratives and more players follow in the footsteps because those are brave steps to take. You know what I'm saying? That's a leap of faith. Um, you know, HBCUs, they don't get that much pub. They don't really send guys to the league. But if these top high school players begin to do that, then obviously things are going to change, man. I know Mikey Williams, who comes out of class of 2023, has been talking about HBCUs, and he was big on the support of McCore Maker, and he was talking about it, you know, we're going to shock the world and stuff like that, man. Well, I really love to see it, man. I really can't wait to see it. I know he doesn't come out to 2023. And I know that's three years away, but he has ties to Hampton. I believe his mother went there. But I'm just hoping that people go ahead and follow McCore Makers League, man, because that's, that's re it's really bigger than sports. It's really bigger than basketball. It's the impact that it could, could, could have is would be monumental. So those are really my huge thoughts on that, man. I really applaud this young man for making that decision and going to Howard, man. And, you know, Howard ain't that far from me, man. So I'm going to have to pull up. I'm going to have to show some support, man. I'm really, really excited for that. I see, I see I got some, um, some heat in the comments, man. We got... Howard has been taking the steps to improve the facilities. Blakeney has been crucial in that. Shout out to um, Coach Blakeney, man. He's also the math alum. Shout out to my guy Slap for bringing that up. I'm I'm really really excited, man. I'm really really excited. Uh, my cousin just said, speaking of HBCUs, do you think Bronny is gonna pick the best HBCU in the world, NCCU? I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, Bronny, he's gonna have the luxury to go anywhere. I know his dad is really tight with Coach K. I mean, LeBron's really tight with everybody. Um, or by that time when Bronny comes out, he might be able to go to the league straight out of high school. So we'll see, man. We'll, we'll really see. I'm I'm pretty sure every player that comes out is going to consider HBCUs. People are going to look at this these, these things more closely, man. And I'm just really, really excited because I feel like this is just the beginning.
Let's see. The only HBCUs, HBCUs I see reaping benefits of highly ranked player interests are Howard and North Carolina Central. And rightfully so. Like I said, man, I hope these other HBCUs get the love, like the Hamptons. I know Norfolk State has got love. Um, hopefully, you and me, us, get some love. Um, Delaware State, who's also in the MEAC, hopefully they get some love, man. It's it's so many HBCUs. I believe it's over 100 HBCUs. I'm not, I know not all are D1, but there's just so many HBCUs to choose from. And I hope that, you know, the, those other schools get the publicity. But like I said, North Carolina Central has been consistently good for years. They seem to make the tournament just about every year. Howard is... It's one of the most famous schools in general, definitely the most famous HBCU. So I just hope that, you know, it's a trickle down effect to all the other schools. But but I mean, yeah, you're not wrong at all, man. You're not wrong at all. I want to move on to the next topic. And this is, a, this is a topic that I wanted to talk about last week. But I feel like that would have been the only topic that I was able to really, really shed huge light on. And I wanted to talk about Cam Newton signing with the New, uh, New England Patriots. I was gonna say I was gonna say New Orleans Pelicans, but hold on real quick. My guy Sean just asked me a question. Speaking of HBCUs and the football side of things, the MEAC is crumbling. Any comments since three HBCUs this summer left for the SWAC? Mm. I know HBCU football has been lacking in general, but I hope that it can have a revival. Um, before I get into what you really asked, thanks for bringing that up. Um, I just wanted to say that UMES, University of Maryland Eastern Shore, used to send so many guys to the league back in like the 70s and stuff like that. They, they went by Maryland State back then. But I just hope in general that the MEAC gets some more love. Like I said, it's more, it's, it's, it's kind of tough because... Like I said, a college a football roster is, is, is so huge compared to a basketball roster. So I think it would take a lot more time. But then again, there's more players coming out each year. So they probably could make things a quick quicker turnaround. But we just gotta see, man. I don't I don't really have too many comments, but I hope the MEAC in general on the football side of things has a bigger revival. Howard accepted an invitation to the NEC for sports that the MEAC doesn't offer. One foot out the door? I think so, man. I, I, I think so. I really do, man. There's some good stuff, man. I'm glad y'all are dropping some heat in the comments, man. I'm glad this is a topic of conversation. Uh, so, I'm going to get into the next topic. And that is going to be Cam Newton signing with the New England Patriots. So... When this thing first happened, I was, I wasn't, I'm not even going to lie to you guys. I wasn't that surprised. I wasn't that surprised, man. I, 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 re I really wasn't. I, and I'm, I'm being dead serious. I wasn't that surprised, man. The Patriots, during the course of this, ever since Tom Brady's departure, they never really did anything eye-catching or eye-popping. They piqued the interest of a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like They just said, we're going to stick with Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham's our guy. And I never really bought that. Like, I never really bought that. You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't really... I don't think they drafted the QB. I think they drafted, like, a bunch of defensive players. So, I never really thought that they were just going to stay pat 
and not make any moves. And they signed Cam Newton. Cam Newton is a former MVP. And I always I said a couple of weeks ago, I just felt like the disrespect to Cam Newton wasn't really just, man. And I kind of felt as though it was a lot of it because of because of the color of his skin. The same year that he won MVP, he was dabbing and he was celebrating, doing all that stuff. But he was giving, you know, the football after he scored, he was giving it to a fan and stuff like that. So I never really thought that the Patriots were like gonna just stay pat and not make a move. And he, they may love Jared Stidham. They 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 may do. They may like him. He might be their guy in the future. But I just didn't think that it just don't seem like the Patriots to just I don't know, man. He, he He's only entering his second year. My guy Sean just asked a question real quick. They love Stidham. Drafted him. I can't. Well, he drafted higher than his draft projections. Cam, if he wins the job, can make the offense more potent. Absolutely. That's what I want to dive into. So the fit, I know a lot of people were curious about it. And there's probably a lot of hot takes on ESPN. I don't really watch. I don't really like to sit and watch too much and consume too much of ESPN and Fox Sports. I like to I like to form my own opinions about certain things. But I think that them signing Cam Newton is a good move, man. And it's a it's a it's a low risk move, man. You're not really investing a ton of money into that. He's he's getting paid the league minimum and he can make up to like seven and a half million after incentives. So He's, I think he's only guaranteed like 550k, but I'm sure he'll reap the benefits and get that 7.5 million. I'm really, really confident in Cam's ability, man. He's a freak of nature, and I know the thing is, uh, I know a big question mark is the Patriots' weapons. You know, there's Julian Edelman pretty much there, and the Kill Harry, and it's just a bunch of like different guys. But their offense, their weapons are really like crazy but what cam newton can do that tom brady couldn't do is cam newton's very mobile he can improvise you know the patriots their offense has always been a system brady belichick josh mcdaniels besides the couple of years that josh mcdaniels was coaching the broncos but pretty much the same system for a while brady belichick mcdaniels but what i think cam newton can provide is a spark some new life some energy a different dynamic that the patriots never had and that is, um, you know, obviously mobile ability. They can, the Patriots can install some different wrinkles. You know, maybe some Wildcat, some read option, some stuff like that. It's going to be interesting to see, man. Josh McDaniels is a nice play caller. I think he could definitely install some things. Did, and, I, and I think the Patriots, I know they like to do things their own way. But I... I I would be shocked that they didn't tailor the Cam Newton strengths, man. So I think you may see them go out and pursue some people. I know Muhammad Sanu is still there. And I know the weapons aren't great. But Cam Newton, and I know the Patriots lost a lot of peace on defense as well. But the defense is always pretty solid. You still got one of the best corners in the game, Stephon Gilmore. You still got my guy, what's Devin McCourty back there. And... They still have oh you got high tower there. They still have some 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 pretty stout pieces and some some players that always, you know, pretty much do their job. Even Jawan Bentley, an underrated guy. You have some talent there. Their, their, their defense is always gonna be stout. It's never gonna be an awful defense. Like it's always gonna be like top 
it's always going to be like top half at worst. You know what I'm saying? The Patriots defense is never bad. And last year, their defense was historically good, even though they lost some pieces. So I think you could, you, you add that and you add Cam Newton. And Cam Newton's offense wasn't great that year he went to the Super Bowl. It wasn't. He had Ted Ginn and Greg Olson. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, I mean this when I when I say this, he doesn't need a he doesn't need a masterful offensive cast to to flourish, man. You know, you get him a defense, he'll be just fine, man. He can he can do what he did uh, that year they went to the Super Bowl. I know the defense was great. Josh Norman, Luke Keekley, K1 Short, Mario Addison, all of those guys, man. But the Patriots, they they have a nice defense as well. So I think they'll be fine. I know they lost some pieces, like I said, on both sides of the ball, but. They'll be fine, and I love the fit. I know a lot of people are, you know, pretty much questioning it, but I think it's a great fit. And if it doesn't really work out the best, this puts Cam Newton in a position where he can hit free agency again and sign that nice deal that he's probably looking for, man. Uh, but shame on, shame on you, Panthers. You guys pretty much forced him out the door, which I don't totally love, man. I know... They didn't want him back, man. They didn't want him back. They kind of counted him out. Even went with Kyle Allen. No Cam was unhealthy last year, but they went with Kyle Allen. And he's not even on their team anymore. So they got Teddy Bridgewater. And we just got to see, man. We just got to see how that whole thing plays out, man. But I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Um, if you're just tuning in, I've covered a multitude of topics. We talked about Patrick Mahomes' gigantic payday. We talked about McCore Maker. We talked about, oh, thank you, Jalen. Thank you so much, because that was another topic I wanted to touch on. Talked about the Redskins name, name change possibly, or potentially rather. And let's see, man, but Jalen just answered, well, he asked another question. Shout out to my guy Jalen Hunter, host of the Unpopular Podcast. He just asked the question, do you think Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith will be key pieces to the Lakers championship run? So first, I wanted to talk about J.R. Smith who just signed with the Lakers after a year and a half hiatus. This was after Avery Bradley said that he wasn't going to return to to the restart and play in the bubble. And they went out and signed J.R. Smith. I know a lot of people have been skeptical about this. My dad is one of those people. He thinks that J.R. Smith is washed up and he sucks. and All he could talk about is he blew the game with, with Cleveland and... And I know that's the first thing that people are going to think about long after J.R. Smith's career is over with. But what I think J.R. Smith provides is another three-point shooter. And that's an area where the Lakers kind of lacked. A lot of people were saying this. You experts were saying this. Even though they were the number one team in the Western Conference. I think they're here or there, though. But <laughs> I just had to, you know, pump my Lakers up. But a lot of people said that the Lakers needed shooting. They just added another shooter. They did lose some defending because Avery Bradley is a really stout defender. And I like what he was doing this season. Kind of having a bit of a resurgence because he's been banged up the last couple of years. And even been on a couple of different teams. But what I think J.R. Smith provides is some of that championship pedigree. He, you know, he, he was obviously on the Cavs when they won the 2016 championship, came back down from 3-1. I remember in game seven in the third quarter, J.R. Smith hit a couple of threes, man. A lot of people kind of forget about that, but he hit a couple of threes. And um, they kind of sparked some fire under the Cavs, man. But I like J.R. Smith, man. He's a difficult shot maker. He has a shot selection that I would never have. And, but that just goes to supreme confidence 
and I like that about him. And I think you always need about one or two guys like that on your team. He is a solid defender. He's not the best, but he's definitely pretty solid. He doesn't suck on defense. I know he hasn't played in a year and a half, but that was due to him not really wanting to be on the rebuilding Cavs, and I can't really blame him. But I think I think he will be a piece. I don't think I don't think key to answer my guy Jalen's question because then they're, they're really then he's not going to be playing the same role he did on that 2016 championship team. In 2016, he was a starter. You remember he was in the starting lineup. He's not going to be called upon to be a starter. I don't think so. I don't think that will happen. I know Danny Green. He starts. You still got Casey Peter. You got LeBron, obviously. Um, I think he'll be key off the bench, but I don't think he he won't have the same role he had on the Cavs. I'm just gonna say that. And then you got Deion Waiters, who they signed right before the NBA reach, uh, the NBA kind of shut down. So I think Deion Waiters could be a nice piece too, because like I said, they just lost Avery Bradley, who was nice. You got Caruso there as another guard. Like I said, KCP. They really they might just it's gonna come down to chemistry though, man, uh, and the scrimmages. Because we're going to have scrimmages in the bubble. And we're just going to have to see. And then they have those last eight games. So we really just have to see. But I think, I don't think they'll be key pieces. But I think they will play. If that answers your question, I hope so. Next question. Oh my God, Slap said, with FC Dallas dropping out of the MLS restart due to a high number of positive COVID cases, do you think any NBA or ML teams do this, especially the NBA since they'll be in the bubble? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think FC Dallas uh, MLS team, they had about 10 cases. I think if that happens in the NBA, that's more than half of the team. So you would have to drop out of the bubble. Um Definitely, indefinitely, you have to do that. And the MLB, I think you can see that as well, man. But especially the NBA, I could definitely see that because, like I said, if that happens to 10 players in the NBA, that's more than half of the team. So I think it could happen. Let's see. Start bench cut. Kawhi K. Giannis. Mm. Okay, hear me out. KD comes back. Even 80% of what he was. I'm starting that, man. I'm going to bench Giannis. And I'm going to cut Kawhi. No disrespect. That's just me. If KD comes back 80% of what he was. I am starting him. I am benching the Greek Freak. The reigning MVP. And I am cutting Kawhi. And that is no disrespect to the best two-way player in the league. And the reigning finals MVP, that is no disrespect. But again, man, if KD comes back to 80% of what he was, I'm definitely starting him. So, yeah. And even if you ask me all the time, I'm starting KD. I'm a bench Giannis and I'm a cut Kawhi. No disrespect. Let's see. With the new NFL playoff setup, what sleeper teams do you think can make the playoffs? So, that, that whole playoff expansion doesn't happen until the following season. So, not this year coming up, but the following season. But I said a couple of weeks ago that that new setup benefits a lot of teams, especially in the NFC. And I in particularly said the Cowboys. I said, because the NFC is a gauntlet, man. It's a gauntlet. You got four teams that I think are talented in one division, the NFC West, man. You have the Seahawks, the 49ers. You have the Rams. You also have the Cardinals, who I think are on the rise. You have the NFC South, uh, who have Drew Brees and... Um, Tom Brady in the division. Panthers are always solid. 
even though they they're gonna I think they're gonna be kind of bad this year. And then you have the Falcons, who are definitely always solid. And then the NFC North, man, you got the Packers, you have the Vikings, you have the Lions, who are always a tough out. Even the Bears as well, man. So I think that new expansion is going to benefit a lot of teams. But more in particularly, they're gonna it's going to benefit the teams in the NFC East or in the NFC rather. Even the NFC East, though, man, Eagles and Cowboys. If both of those teams can't really get in, like on a given year like this, it could definitely still benefit one of those teams. So I definitely think that's the case. But I said, I just don't think the basketball or baseball season should resume. I think the whole season should be scrapped. But let me tell you one thing. I'm not saying that you're wrong, but but it's at the end of the day, I really think it's all about money. Now, I saw like somewhere maybe like a week ago, B. John, I think I sent it to you. That like the NBA, they could lose like a, almost a billion dollars if they don't restart. A billion dollars. That is a lot of money. Like you got to think about these TV deals that they signed, you know, previously. The TNT deals, the ESPN deals, the ABC deals, all these deals, all that stuff adds up, man. And like I said, we're in the midst of a pandemic. You can't really have fans. You can't sell tickets. So it has to it has to do with money. It has to do with money. It has to do with money, but I'm not saying you're wrong. I, t I, I totally agree, man. It's a lot of risk. It's it's a plethora of risk involved, man, because a lot of people, you know, they, they get it and they don't even know they have have the virus. So I agree. I'm not saying you're wrong, man. I, I really, it's, it's no wrong answer to this because I've definitely seen, you know, a lot of people say, you know, I don't think they should come back. I don't think they should come back. And I, it's not, it's no wrong answer to this. Start, bench, cut, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Julio. I'm going to start. Ooh, that's tough. I'm going to just say I'm cutting Michael Thomas. Here's where it gets tough. DeAndre Hopkins or Julio. Mm. This is tough. This is tough. But call me crazy. I'm going to start DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to bench Julio Jones. And I'm going to cut Michael Thomas. And here's why. DeAndre Hopkins just started to get an elite quarterback in Deshaun Watson. And he was putting up great. He was already putting up numbers with Tom Savage. And um, what's that other guy, man? I can't think of TJ Yates. <laughs> he was already putting up numbers with those guys as his QB. So look what happened when he got Deshaun Watson. So you give DeAndre Hopkins, Drew Brees, or you give him even a Matt Ryan, a guy who was an MVP candidate a couple of years. Was it MVP actually a couple of years ago? I'm saying candidate. Matt Ryan won MVP a couple of years ago, the year that Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons when they had that great season. So you give a guy DeAndre Hopkins, you give a guy like that, you give him a Hall of Fame QB and Drew Brees, you give him Matt Ryan, shoot. That's all I'm going to say. But I'm definitely excited for his next chapter in Arizona. So I would say start DeAndre Hopkins, um, bench Julio, and cut Michael Thomas. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that, man. Any more questions? We covered a lot of stuff, man. We covered a lot of stuff. And I really, really appreciate all you guys for coming through, man. This was fun. We had too much stuff to talk about, man. 
too much stuff to talk about. And I'm actually recording this IG live in my room too, so it's just real cool for me. It's real cool for me, man. But I don't have any more questions coming in. I'm just gonna sign out, man. Again, if you didn't catch the whole episode, make sure you guys go check it out when I drop. I will be posting this on YouTube as well. And yeah, man. So, on that note, I want to thank every single one of you for your love and support. I'm your guy, I'm your host, Mike Curry. I am signing out. Episode number 135 is done, man. Everybody take care, man. Peace and love. Continue to stay home and stay safe. I love you guys.